Mike Pence accepts the GOP nomination for vice president, the speech that was a convention highlight. Indiana in the roll call of states, the Republican candidates for governor campaign in Cleveland, and the governor issues an endorsement, and a delegate who is related to Donald Trump's running mate. That plus winners and losers and more on Indiana Week in Review for the week ending July Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com. This week, Indiana Governor Mike Pence delivered a nomination speech to the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. It was a positive moment in an up-and-down convention. Pence spe spelled out how he will balance the ticket with Donald Trump. It's change versus status quo. And my fellow Republicans, when Donald Trump becomes president of the United States of America, the change will be huge. Is Mike Pence off to a good start? It's the first question for our Indiana Week in Review panel, Democrat Ann Delaney, Republican Murray Clark, John Schwannis, the host of Indiana Lawmakers, and Leslie Weidenbetter, managing editor of the Indianapolis Business Journal. I'm Wish TV Statehouse reporter Jim Shella. Ann Delaney, that was a good speech, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good speech, and it was well delivered and, uh, on top of that. And he, he, you know, threading the needle for how he complements the ticket when their positions are so different on so many issues was not an easy task. Unfortunately for him, he was completely overshadowed by Ted Cruz's debacle right after that. So that was where all the headlines right, and everything well, were. Actually, the, the, the Cruz speech where he refused to endorse Donald Trump happened first. First, yes. And but, I mean, all the spin from that and oh, the yeah. shouting down really... I think, took away from what otherwise would have been a good speech by Mike Pence. Ted Cruz stole all the headlines the next day. Well, he got a lot of them. I mean, but Mike did what he, was, what he had to do. I mean, he had to introduce himself to people in the, in the arena, and he was funny. He was self-deprecating. He was, you know, introduced his, his family and all that. I mean, if, you got to have a little chaos in a convention to have <laughs> a fun, little? right? Huh? A little. I mean, i, I, I got to tell you, I agree with Senator Coates on this. I mean, Cruz just proved what a narcissistic, egotistical nut he is, right? So... Uh, <laughs> okay, but you've, you've run well, I think Actually, Senator Coates put pathological liar on the end of that. Yeah, yeah I, 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 you, did, I didn't go that far. Uh, you, yeah. you run, you've run conventions. Right. Why do you give somebody who refuses to endorse yeah. the microphone? Well, I was... I would, I was uh, and they didn't really see the speech until very Two late. Two hours yeah, right. before. And they I, had time I, to pull the plug. No, I, I was surprised about that, really. Uh -huh. that's, uh, that's asking for trouble, particularly from somebody like Ted Cruz, in my view. But I do think Mike did everything he could, and his speech was excellent. Uh, he, was, he was in his element on that speech. In fact, the, the word I've used to describe it most often is comfortable. He, w he was comfortable in that environment. Oh, I think he was very comfortable. And again, this, this is somebody who has been a communicator uh, in various, uh, on various platforms, one much like this one. He hosted a television show, radio show, 
certainly when he was in uh, the House Republican caucus in, in Congress, he was, it was his responsibility largely to be the, the spokesperson, if you will, for some of the caucus positions and so forth. So it is something that comes very naturally to him. And I think uh, to echo what has been said here, the humor, the self-deprecating aspect of this was really refreshing and probably uh, particularly given the, the tone of some of the speeches that would come before and certainly and would after. come after. Yeah. And I, as far as the, uh, the uh, cruise thing, although it got some headlines at that moment, I think uh, I subscribe to the notion that probably in the end, in an odd way, did help unify. Uh, you See, know, if you want to bring you. people together, yeah. you have that's a common right. enemy, and in this case, now the common so, enemy well, the is, is well, strategy. Well, I mean, he was pretty popular in the hall at the start it, of his speech, not well, so not much after, by the end. Right. Is it? Is it? I mean, it, would Mike Pence really have gotten that many headlines if this cruise thing hadn't happened? I mean, it's not the kind of speech generally that's going to get a lot of news coverage all over the place. And honestly, it's easy if you're not interested in politics to pay no attention to these conventions. So even when something like the cruise thing happens, it just brings it all back in, you know, back into the news. And I don't, I don't think it hurts them at all, actually. I, I think anything that sort of keeps, keeps people talking, Cruz does not look like a good guy in all this, I think that only helps Trump. Time now for viewer feedback. Each week we pose an unscientific online poll question in conjunction with our Ice Miller email and text alerts. This week's question, how would you rate Mike Pence's speech? Your choices are A, excellent, B, okay, or C, off the mark. Last week's question, who should replace Mike Pence on the ballot for governor? 59% said Susan Brooks. 15% said Eric Holcomb. 26% said someone else, which would mean Todd Rokito or Jim Toms. We're going to get to that in a minute. If you'd like to take part in the poll, go to wfyi.org slash IWIR and look for the poll. Back to Mike Pence. He was chosen to play a role in unifying the GOP. It's his job to do outreach to conservative voters and evangelicals. He did that in the speech this week. That we are, as we have always been, one nation under God indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Should I have the awesome privilege to serve as your Vice President, I promise to keep faith with that conviction, to pray daily, for a wise and discerning heart, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? Murray Clark, was that, uh, I think it was an effort uh, to get evangelical voters on board. Will it work? Well, I think he went a long way. I mean, that's part of the balance he brings to the ticket. It also, I would, I would argue, uh, made it a lot easier for evangelical uh, Christian conservatives to be unhappy with Cruz. Because people at the at the commission didn't know Mike Pence, so when they heard that, I, I think frankly, it's it's easier for them to be dismissive now of Senator Cruz. Um, he seemed to be among the delegates a pretty popular choice. Well, he doesn't, you know, compared to everybody else, he at least said yes, <laughs> which is in sharp contrast with many of the ones that went before him in that list of sixteen who said no, particularly Kasich. 
who I guess was offered to run both domestic and foreign policy. While According the governor, to the New York Times. The governor, well, the governor, yeah. while Mr. Mm-hmm. Pence was supposed to make America great again, yeah. doing, I don't know what, maybe knitting or something, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I think that was an outreach thing, and, he, and they have to do that, because frankly, with Pence's record, both maritally and extramaritally and church-going, uh, he has nothing in his resume that would appeal to, to those evangelicals. So they better put Mike mm-hmm. Pence on that uh, bandwagon. Yeah. Um, You're talking about Trump. You, yeah, you meant Trump. I'm sorry, I misspoke. I meant Trump. <laughs> yeah. um, they, this report is interesting about uh, Trump wanting his running mate to be the most powerful vice president ever. Do you think that just applied to Kasich? That was an offer to Kasich? Or does that apply to Mike Pence? I think that that's the kind of thing that Donald Trump says. But in the end, I think we all know and we've seen that Donald Trump is going to be the guy in charge. And now, I mean, I don't think you get to the place he is in politics or in business or whatever without listening to other people. So, I mean, I think he must have a group of advisors who he listens to, and maybe he thinks he'll extend that to the vice presidency. But I think we've all seen in history, but also with this particular candidate, that it's unlikely that anyone but him is going to be running the show. Or his kids, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, Mike Pence's life changed dramatically this week. Uh, When he gets back to the the governor's residence, the Secret Service will be in charge. There will be new barricades, uh, guard posts. Uh, He's, I'm told, going to spend Mondays at the State House, be on the road campaigning. Otherwise, you think he has any idea just how much his life is changing? He might have as much of an idea as anybody who is thrust into that position. But from what I uh, have heard from those who have, uh, either through their memoirs or other uh, interviews, who have even thinking that they're fully prepared, thinking that, oh, I've been there, done that, I've been in Congress, it blows people away because of the 24-7 scrutiny, because of the fact that everything that he's ever said back to Boy Scout troop you know, when he took his Weebelow pledge or whatever, will be will be vetted and, and parsed to see if there's any inconsistencies. Uh, it will be dramatically uh, different for him. Um, instead of daily interviews with you, he's probably going to have to go down to one a week. I don't know. Do you think know, he'll do Stephanopoulos yeah. again? Only Shella. Only <laughs> Moving on. State GOP Chairman Jeff Cardwell presented Indiana's 57 delegate votes for Donald Trump. Here he is with the Indiana portion of the Roll Call of States. The state of Indiana, who under the strong conservative leadership of Vice Presidential nominee Governor Mike Pence, has What a great honor to be able to do this on behalf of Governor Mike Pence and all the Hoosiers. When we, uh, when I first got involved in this in August of last year, it was a very lonesome uh, period of time, but uh, it's just, it's overwhelming that uh, we're here tonight and uh, Trump is going to be our next president. Indiana Trump Chairman Rex Early there, Leslie Weidenbenner, as these things go, was that a good speech by Jeff Cardwell? Sure. I mean, personally, I find the roll call of states to be one of the most fun parts of the whole thing. I love hearing what people have to say and 
and Jeff Cardwell did you know exactly what he's supposed to do there. It's interesting. I had a good friend who texted me in the middle of all that who's not political and said she said what are they doing? Why are they doing this? And I said, it's all about yeah. your guy getting up there and spouting something about your state. And so, yeah, I mean, I think Actually, he did great. One reason they did it was so they could spell out how much support Ted Cruz had as a way to try to make him behave, I think. Didn't work. Um, <laughs> Indiana in, the, in November, going to go for Trump? Uh, I would think so. I mean, it probably would have um, anyway, but I think um, because of the, the pride that many Hoosiers would take in having a, a native son on the ticket, that it would probably uh, push it more in that that direction. Uh, barring, uh, and again, this is a campaign that has seen all kinds of curveballs thrown at us. I mean, who's to say what either incident will take place or what statement will be made? Uh, off script, you might say, that could throw all of this into uh, into turmoil. But at this point, it's as safe as anybody can say in this yeah. campaign. At this point, I'd say it's it's a Trump territory. Um, and therefore, we likely won't see... Well, Mike Pence, I, I'm going to guess, better get to know Ohio pretty well. He's going to spend a lot of time over there. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I, mean, I, don't, I don't expect we're going to see Donald Trump or Mike Pence campaigning in Indiana much. Well, I mean, if they have a, if they have a problem in Indiana, they have a problem. You know, bigger than that. You know, I, I just want to say about that last video that when I gave that speech, I just, I just uh, said what Rex told me to. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I talked to Jeff. That could be dangerous. Yeah, I talked to Jeff Cardwell that afternoon, and he said he was going to check with the governor to see what the governor wanted him to say, and he couldn't reach it. It is a cool experience. <laughs> Another difference in the life of Mike yeah. Pence. Yeah. I've done it once too. Right, it is a it's, cool it experience. Is cool. It yeah, is cool, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't think you can predict what's going to happen here. I mean, Mike Pence was in a, a, a dead heat against John Gregg. The fact that they bumped him up to the ticket may not be very attractive to those people who didn't want to see him as governor. They certainly don't want to see him a heartbeat away from the presidency. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it's, we're also going to, I mean, for those of us in Indiana who know Mike Pence and have followed him, whether you're for him or not, you've got a new perspective on the presidential race and a reason to pay more attention now. Well, I think we are all going to pay attention to the presidential in race. this room. In this room, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe for a some. A lot others. has happened in the last week that's going to let oh, make us no pay question. a lot more right. attention. Yeah. 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 Ambassador Early might get you uh, like behind yeah. the scenes <laughs> White House tour if you play if you play your cards right. I just right. hope it's someplace where it doesn't affect the balance of power. Vatican, that's Vatican, emissary right. oh, no, to the Vatican. No, I don't think the Vatican would I'm do. Saying, no. That's what he's that's what he's working for. Todd Rokita, Eric Holcomb, and Susan Brooks are competing for the GOP nomination for governor. It will be decided next Tuesday by the state Republican committee. All three of them were in Cleveland campaigning. Focus on what I can bring. It's like I'm not focused on, on, on the other guys. This is a great opportunity to reconnect with folks that I've worked with for you know more than a decade on issues from A to Z. They are taking their jobs so seriously, and so they're going to be asking us questions, each of us. They're going to be making their decision, and then I hope come Tuesday I can close the deal and you know inform them why I should be the pick. All right, big development this afternoon in that race. Mike Pence has endorsed Eric Holcomb, John Schwannis. Will that be a deciding factor? Given the circumstances, again, it, it, uh, uh, everything's changed in the past uh, week because of for reasons we've just articulated. And I think in this instance, uh, having the governor weigh in probably does help. Uh, Eric Holcomb. It also, he was, he is lieutenant governor. Granted, it was only for a four-month period, but a former state chair arguably is, uh, 
has good connections through uh, the, the grassroots of the Republican infrastructure in the state. That's not to say that uh, it's a slam dunk, but I think he certainly would have the advantage. All right, Leslie Weidenbender, if you're a member of the state Republican committee, can you ignore the wishes of the vice presidential nominee? Very difficult. Uh, it's, I think that it would be very difficult. I think they would see it maybe as an embarrassment to Mike Pence not to go with his pick. At the same time, though, you know, once after this week, Mike Pence is not going to be involved in Indiana anymore. <laughs> I mean, he is going to be off on the national campaign trail. The money he raises is going to be for, the, for Donald Trump's campaign. And so I think the Central Committee has to look beyond that. And they have to think about who can be the best fundraiser or who can articulate the best message, whoever they decide that they think that is. I'm not sure that the endorsement should be the, the key reason to make Although this Even though he's decision. out of the state, I think your point, initial point is a good one because can you imagine the national media attention that would be focused on Indiana right. if his own uh, state central committee rejected his, I mean, that would become... But I uh, think that's a one-day story. I don't think the yeah, national but you media know, those, cares about those that same, for any length so, of time. The same committee members, he may not be governor of Indiana, but they're going to see him as vice president, and they're going to think about invitations to the vice presidential residence and the, and the White point, House yeah. and all of those point. things, and they're going to curry favor, and they're also going to understand that he would have egg all over his face if if the state committee, his hand-picked state chair and state committee rejected his recommendation. All right, Murray Clark, you, uh, you're close to Susan Brooks, your campaign chairman. Mm -hmm. um, how big a blow is this? Well, you know, first of all, anybody who was close to this, not surprised by the fact he was going to, you know, endorse Eric. I mean, he's, uh, and, I, and I, you know, I respect Mike for his loyalty. So people kind of saw this coming. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think you're underestimating the state committee. I mean, they, they, talking to many of them this, this week, they understand the gravity of the situation. Their real kind of sole obligation and duty is to put forward the candidate uh, for governor in November that gives them the best chance of success. I mean, that's it. That's what their that's what their And that's is. what the Susan Brooks argument is. Right. So she has, she has talked to him. She's done a good job. I mean, Todd's been up there. Eric's worked it, too. Uh, uh, you need 12 votes. Right. How many votes does Susan have at this point? He's um, not saying. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's also a secret ballot, I would assume, isn't it? It's, I think it's secret ballot by statute, right? Okay. I mean, I, I really... So you don't know, even if they tell you that you right. have the vote, you don't know whether you have it or not. Right. I mean, I, you know, seriously, though, the, the state committee, the, most of them were up there. They spent a lot of time with these job interviews. And, you know, the gravity here, I mean, if, if we get this wrong, um, then we lose in November potentially. And, and you know, it's a problem. Okay, so I, I mentioned that uh, Jim Tom, state senator, has filed to, to be in this race. Uh, is he or Todd Rakita a factor? Well, I I would I would doubt that Senator Tom's is a big factor, and and you know Todd's again Todd's got the credentials, and you know he's got the resume. He's got. Well, he's also he's, won statewide. He's twice, won statewide twice, twice which right. neither of the other candidates have done. Right. I mean. I'd see this as a very difficult choice, really. You've got um, Todd Rokita, who has won twice statewide and who has um, some money in the bank. You've got Susan Brooks, who, would be, who has a great resume and who would be a very progressive choice. She's a very conservative candidate. She'd be a very progressive choice in terms of being um, the, possibly the first woman um, governor. And then, and then you've got Eric Holcomb, who can tap into the Mitch Daniels um, campaign folks and who's already lieutenant governor. 
So, I mean, there, there are three solid choices. You know, a lot of those people I talked to said uh, they're not really looking forward to this because <laughs> even though it's a secret ballot, right? I mean, they have three friends, three friends, three friends running, and they're yeah. going to make two of them unhappy. It's like judicial appointments. Yeah. You make you make two enemies and one ingrate. Right. That's right. Uh, it wasn't just the state committee members who were getting pressured in Cleveland. There were uh, other people in the party were being pressured to pressure the state committee members. Uh, the, you know, as a Democrat, you have to sit back and say, "I love this." The, the, the lobby at the Indiana Hotel was the most interesting place to be. And, and not surprisingly, I mean, this is a, a rare opportunity to again be able to achieve the perceived goal with by winning over twelve people, as opposed to winning over X hundred thousand or million at least in this stage in the process. And again, uh, even though vice president, sexy, president, sexy, it's hard to beat the governorship of any state in the country in terms of the ability actually to affect change yeah. and to dispense to the extent there is patronage still. And not, there isn't not much. A, well, not much, but it still is the ability to deliver on favors in a way that you can't in most other positions. Well, I was just going to say, it is, it is extraordinary. This whole cycle's been right. extraordinary. And then the last week, we're in a, you know, a, I call it a soccer mom hotel. You can't walk 10 feet without bumping into somebody that's talking to somebody about the, the governor thing. I mean, it was interesting. It was tense at times. Did you, when you, did you have, when you had recreation there, did you play musical chairs? Because that seems to be what your party specializes in. Oh, my. No, there were no, no, no. music. Okay. There was some recreation, but there was no. It wasn't musical chairs. <laughs> Moving on. Politics is often a family affair, and that's the case with Mike Pence. His sister-in-law, Denise Pence, was a first-time delegate to the convention in Cleveland, and she got the opportunity to vote for his nomination. We caught up with her on the convention floor. What it means to me is that I can be a, objection, maybe a part of helping. Is laid on the table. But you're also a part of Indiana history, right? The committees have been approved. I am now. It's four days ago, right? Or five days ago. And it's a, it's, a mon- it's, a, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Murray Clark, is that an unusual circumstance? Well, I mean, Denise is great. She's proud of her brother, you know. But as you notice, his convention was very family-oriented. Our yeah. convention was, so... I, I noticed a lot of members of the Trump family got an opportunity to speak. Well, and that's why the we were happy Trump that. that, that uh, <laughs> no, Den, Denise is great. It, it's, it's, uh, I'm really excited for Mike and their family. They're, they are, they're, they're great people. I, he had his, his mother up on stage with him after his speech. I, I, I think it's great, and, and obviously they should be proud of him. And it's good that she's involved. And you know, I think family should be involved. My grandson Kevin Strensky got elected at the ripe old age of seventeen as a state convention delegate for the first time, and we were proud of him. So it's good to pass that on, and I'm glad she had the opportunity to cast the vote. And those kind of things, I think, uh, as when Mike Pence talked about his most important job being spelled D A D, and. Uh, and those cut across uh, partisan boundaries. I think you don't have to you can be the left or right wing of the Republican Party. You can be the right, left or right wing of the Democratic Party, maybe even libertarian or green, but you still can appreciate the, the, the sense of family pride and loyalty. And most people learn politics at home. Oh, absolutely. And That's the I'm, fiercest of all, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the hardest thing in the world is to someday break away from your parents' opinions, right, in politics. But this, so this had to be a lot of fun for her. All right, time to recap the week. Who was the biggest winner, Ann Delaney? Oh, I think that's John Gregg. I mean, no matter what happens in this uh, free-for-all next Tuesday, behind the eight ball in fundraising, there's going to be bad feelings that come out of this, and John Gregg's been busily raising money and will run against Mike Pence's record, whoever the nominee is. 
Todd Rikita issued uh, partial results of this poll that showed that that John Gregg had higher name ID than he did, but not by much. Uh, Okay. I haven't seen Todd Rokita's poll, and you know as well as anybody, when you get partial results uh, issued, usually means that they don't want you to see the whole poll for a reason. (laughs) Big winner. Oh, it had to be Mike Pence. I mean, he did an extraordinary job at the convention. He's he's now a huge national player. He's he's off and running. I'm going to say the same thing I said last week. Mike Pence, he can't lose. If he loses, if if Trump loses, it's Trump's fault. No one perceives it as mm-hmm. Mike Pence's fault. If he wins, he wins, and he, he's fine regardless. And Rex Early, because keep in mind, this yeah. had he not gone the path he he took, uh, which a lot of people heckled him within the party. He wouldn't have been standing there getting the FaceTime and the airtime and the enjoyment yeah. and this future emissary role to the Vatican that, yes. that apparently he's going to get. Costa Rica. So. Yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Mike Pence too. I agree that um, knowing Mike Pence the way we do and the way he operates, he I don't see him out there doing anything that uh, is, is he's going to regret. So I I totally think he's a big winner here. I, I think that's right. Uh, John Hammond had his picture in the New York Times. That's I might right. Point out. So yeah. is he a big okay. winner too? Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Hey, who's the big loser? Quickly. Well, Cruz. I mean, Senator to, Cruz. Yeah. In Indiana politics. Um, I don't know. No losers. Uh, no losers? No, I'll go. This is where I'll put Mike Pence, because yeah. he fought and got a deck chair on the Titanic. And I disagree with you. If they go down as badly as they could go down, there's no future out there for him. No, Roger Ailes' job is You know, I, I, I'm honestly having a hard time picking a loser here. I think we don't know yet. I think this, whatever happens on Tuesday with the state committee, that's when we'll know. I I think that the governor's endorsement of Eric Holcomb makes it tougher on the others who were in more of uh, an even horse race before. I won't say they're losers, but it makes it tougher. I'm going to agree with that. Did this week in Indiana politics top last week? It's close. I forget close. where one ended and the other one began. Yeah, it is. It's all kind of, it is a blur, a blur. but I that's, think the Evan Bay decision last week is, was big. Yeah. That's Probably. Indiana Week in Review for this week. Our panel is Democrat Ann Delaney, Republican Murray Clark, John Schwannis of Indiana Lawmakers, and Leslie Weidenbenner of the Indianapolis Business Journal. If you'd like a podcast of this program, you can find it at wfyi.org slash iwir or starting Monday. You can stream it or get it on demand from Xfinity or Brad House Networks. I'm Jim Shello of Wish TV. We'll see you again next week. Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com.